Hello, Saints. Todd here with SafeguardYourSoul.com. Thank you so much for tuning in. We are so blessed to have these moments together in the Word of God. Uh, And remember, Saints, there's nothing, there's nothing, no thing uh, happening on God's planet that is even remotely as important as the work of the gospel and feeding the sheep of Jesus Christ for whom he died to save so that they can grow in grace, they can be edified, they can be equipped for the work of the ministry according to the scriptures. And let me just guarantee you this one thing, by the grace of God, this outreach will continue to unapologetically endeavor to preach the whole of the word of God, regardless of who gets offended or not, in Jesus' name. And please remember that your prayers and support are vital to this operation. Thank you. Hello, everybody. Todd Tomasella, Safeguard Your Soul, wanted to talk about praying effectively for your friends and family. Amen. Praying effectively. How do we pray for those around us? I can tell you, for me personally, and I I believe many of you agree, Uh, One of the most joyful things that uh, I do and am blessed to be able to do, as many of you are, daily is to lift up other believers. I mean, let's stop and think, is there anything greater that we can do for another person than take them before the throne of the grace of God, the throne of grace before God to obtain mercy, to find help in uh, times of need? Uh, Hebrews chapter 4, verse 14 through 16. Let me answer that. There is nothing greater that we can do than lift them in prayer. Sometimes life calls for serving them, giving them some money to pay their bills, feeding them, fellowshipping them, helping them in other ways. But every day we can lift them in prayer like uh, we find a man named Epaphras doing in Colossians. This guy is not even mentioned much in the Bible, but what a absolutely amazing uh, nugget of truth that we get from this man named Epap, <laughs> Epaphras, actually, but uh, that's short for Epaphras. I call him Epap. I want to meet this guy in heaven. I'll tell you, it says in uh, Colossians chapter four and in verse 12, we see the mention only I think the second mention of this man, and it says this, Epaphras, as Paul closes this book, the last few verses, Epaphras, who is one of you, that is one of the believers at the town or the city of Colossae, uh, who is one of you, a servant of Christ. Wow. What a blessing when uh, the Lord can call you a servant of his, as he's doing through Paul here. Uh, concerning Epaphras. Epaphras, who is one of you, a servant of Christ, saluteth you, always laboring fervently for you in prayers. Wow. That's how we can labor. We have the opportunity to labor fervently for the body of Christ. Hallelujah. Which is the apple of God's eye. We read in scripture, it's the precious fruit of the earth James chapter 5 the Lord's people are so very dear to him Uh, the body of Christ is the bride of Christ who is the bridegroom Uh, 
and uh, such affectionate language we see throughout Scripture uh, from God toward His beloved people. And notice that you and I can be involved in the in the sanctification, uh, I should say, or the 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 connection between God and others by praying for them, laboring fervently for you in prayers. I love it. What a blessing. Aren't you glad that God included us in his plan of salvation? I mean, he's the one that does it, but he set it up so that if we ask, uh, we shall receive, especially if we ask according to his will. As we read in 1 John chapter 5, verse 14, the apostle writes, And this is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he heareth us. Notice prayer should always be according to the will, which is the stated word of God. Or should I say the will of God, uh, the word of God is the stated will of God. We have it in tangible form, so we need not wonder how to pray. We just pray the scriptures, which are the mind of Christ for his people. So we see here that Epaphras prayed for other, the other believers in the body of Christ there in the city of Coloss. It says that uh, he is uh, a servant of Christ. Salute you. Epaphras sent his greetings, uh, always fervor, uh, laboring fervently for you in prayers that you may stand perfect and complete in all the will of God. That is such a nugget of truth. Saints, we can pray that the believers, we have it on record here by divine inspiration, that we can pray for other believers that they would stand perfect and complete in all the will of God. You know, as younger believers, uh, we're still full of self until that cross begins to cut away and uh, strip us of self. And so we're no longer... Or we're less and less leaning to our own understanding, but in all our ways, uh, acknowledging him and he is directing our paths. And one of the things God is going to teach us, which is his mind and stated in his word, is that we need to leave people in his hands and not try to figure out everything that they need, because we can't do that anyway. Only God knows everything. They don't even know everything that they need prayer for. We don't even know how much uh, or everything we need prayer for. But this is a what I call a catch-all prayer. This is an absolutely amazing nugget of truth. We can pray for ourselves and others that we may, uh, that ye or we may stand perfect and complete in all the will of God. You know, if you're going to pray one thing over your prayer list of people every morning, that would have to be the thing you prayed right here, captured in tangible form. In Colossians 4.12, we could pray for others and ourselves that we may stand perfect and complete in all the will of God. Wow. 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 That catches everything. So we don't have to know all the specifics. Of course, there are specific prayers that we that come to us on a daily basis, each of us as believers, especially those in full-time ministry. And so we pray specifically for those needs. But I'm talking about uh, in the many 
aspects of prayer that the people that you lift up, I, I hope that you have at least one to three people that you pray for every morning as you seek God in prayer and in the word of God. And boy, I tell you what, I'm going to get a little selfish here. If you need someone to add to your list, add, add this man, add me. <laughs> I should say, add this fool for Christ. <laughs> I would love to be on your prayer list. Amen. We should covet to be on the prayer list of other believers and be growing in the richness of communion with God the Father through the Son, Jesus Christ, with the help and the work of the Holy Spirit, lifting up other believers daily, that they would stand perfect and complete in all the will of God. Now, as a reference, I want to encourage you to go to safeguardyoursoul.com and put in the word E-P-A-P. If you don't know how to spell Epaphras, just put in EPAP, E-P-A-P, and it'll come up in the search box. We've got two or three incredible, very encouraging, uh, invigorating, spiritually invigorating uh, posts, including either one or two uh, other podcasts on this guy named Epaphras. As we see here in Colossians chapter 4, verse 12, and he's listed twice in the Bible, no, three times actually. So it's uh, twice in Colossians and also one time in the book of Philemon. So right here, I think we see more about him specifically in Colossians 4.12, right at the end of this letter, where Paul says, let me read it one more time, Epaphras, who is one of you, a servant of Christ, saluteth you, always fervent, laboring fervently for you in prayers that you may stand perfect and complete in all the will of God. Of God. Now we're talking about how to pray effectively for your friends and family. Let's look at some specifics. I would say, and that's why I mentioned at first, that that's got to be the most catch-all, amazing nugget on prayer, how to pray for others in all of Scripture, because you're praying that God would help them to stand perfect and complete in all the will of God. Amen. Now, the good news here, saints, is that, and I want this to encourage you, 1 John three twelve. the eyes of the Lord uh, are over his people, the scripture says. 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 12, for the eyes of the Lord are over the righteous and his ears are opened unto their prayers. Amen. How many people are glad that the eyes of the Lord are are over the righteous and his ears are open to their prayer. Oh, if we had a clue of what kind of power and authority that God has put in our hands, it would be the end of all works of darkness. I'm being a little facetious, but uh, it would be so powerful if we would begin to realize that the eyes of the Lord are over the righteous, those bought by the blood of a lamb, washed, redeemed, his ambassadors, his children, his sons. For the eyes of the Lord are over the righteous and his ears are open to their prayers. In other words, God is waiting for you to ask him. Remember, Jesus said to ask and you shall receive. Not might, but absolutely shall receive 
receive. And so it's important to know what the will of God is to pray for yourself and others. Okay, and we so far we've got one, number one, Colossians 4.12. We can pray that ourselves and others can stand perfect and complete in all the will of God. And let me just throw this in there. I've learned that personally, as well as many of you, I'm sure, have learned and am learning that it's such a blessing. The most exciting part about my time in prayer every morning is praying for others. I've got like five to ten people, at least more like more like eight to twelve on my list that get named before God's throne every morning. And I'm going to tell you this, man, we have seen some people who have come I mean, bruised, battered, and beaten up by the devil that over the last few months have absolutely erupted in fruitful oneness with Christ. And I mean, they are ministering every day the Word of God. God has healed them, and we're just blessed to be in communion with them. They don't need us. They need Jesus. But I can tell you this, the prayers of the saints for them, including that they would stand perfect and complete in all the will of God uh, and the feeding of the word of God. That's all we need, saints. Okay, we've made an industry and make the S in that word a dollar sign, if you will, (laughs) get the picture uh, out of ministry instead of just bringing people before God, giving them the pure word of God. And as they obey it, they ingest it, they embrace it, they hear it, and they obey it, uh, they are going to be healed, made whole, and begin to minister. Don't tell me that you're maturing in Christ and you're not ministering to others. you got to be kidding me, man. Some of you listening have been members of some stupid church for years, and you're still dead. You're dead. You're not even ready to meet Jesus. You're lukewarm. He's not your first love. You're caught up in the rigmarole of the church life, churchianity. But you're not minute. When's the last time you got somebody saved? Okay, I'm asking that rhetorically, and you'll find by hanging around this ministry that we are there to provoke you. If it embarrasses you or rebukes you, good. Repent. Turn your life over to Christ and get real before it's too late because God sees the actual intent and motives of your heart and whether or not you're authentic and genuine or not. The eyes of the Lord are in every place beholding the evil and the good. Let us not love in word, neither in tongue, but in deed and in truth. 1 John 3.18 It's time to get real and get right with God. And cry out to him to purge and strip you of every trace of falsity and disingenuineness and religiosity and self-righteousness. To cry out to him with uplifted heart and hands to strip you of all of that. So that your life is all about worshiping the Lord with all your heart, soul, mind and strength. Loving him. It's a choice right now today with all of your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and loving your neighbor as yourself. The cross goes upward first and then outward. Okay, no no mention of and no instruction or no hint or no command to love yourself. You already love yourself. That's your biggest problem. And if you're out there listening to devils that are teaching you to love yourself, you need to be rebuked for supporting a false teacher. 
That's a bunch of satanic psycho babble. That's straight from hell. There is no scripture that tells you to love yourself. So in loving God, and as you do, he's filling you with love. That love's not for you. It's to pour out on other people. And that's why you should have great delight as you wake up every morning and you have the blessed opportunity one more time to lift up those three. I'm just trying to get you started here, beloved. Those three people. Let's just start with three. (laughs) Who do you have around you? I've already signed up and asked you to put me on your list. So now you only need two people. You get my point. We should be lifting up. I tell you, I can tell you, when you start getting into lifting up others in prayer, you know that the the mind of Christ is beginning to take its place in your life. And you know that you're truly growing with Christ because you're about Jesus and serving other people. Hallelujah. Which is what the kingdom of Christ is all about as demonstrated in the most magnificent fashion fashion by our Lord and Savior in Philippians 2, who came from heaven to the sin-cursed earth and made himself of no reputation. He took upon him the form of a servant, not a king, and was made in the likeness of men and being found in fashion as a man. What did he do? He humbled himself and became obedient unto death even the death of the cross. You see, the one who made us and made all things came and died on a wooden tree for our sins. Greater love, Jesus said, hath no man than that he would lay down his life for his friends. And he set that example, John fifteen thirteen, and here in, in Philippians 2. And notice, wherefore God also hath highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow of things in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. You see, there came a resurrection, but it had to be preceded by a death and burial. Okay, and that's what God's calling you and I to every day. Jesus said, if you're going to follow him, you must deny yourself. Take up your cross and follow him. If the cross is not in the center of your life, the blood of his cross, Colossians 1.20, and the one he commanded you to take up, you are not postured to grow with Christ in Christ. So you got to get that cross at the center of your life. Now I'm talking about the concept of the cross, the blood of his cross, quote unquote, Colossians 1:20. And if you need to just go today and go, Lord, I just want you to teach me the cross because you said that to follow you, I've got to deny myself, take up this cross and follow you. Now the father, I ask you to anoint me to the death and burial of self to teach me to lay aside my own life, to lay it down and let you live and reign through it. I love you, Jesus. Amen. We're the bride. He's the bridegroom. When's the last time you said, Jesus, I just want to stop here and tell you I love you, Lord. I love you. Fill me with your love, Lord, and help me to love you and love others. With all my heart, soul, mind, and strength, God, use me, oh, Jesus. I know you're coming soon. Amen. Would that be a prayer? in your own words, that you would want to pray today, beloved. 
I, I do encourage you to do so. Notice Philippians 2, 3 through 5, the scriptures, I want you to read this. <laughs> I dare you to read this portion of scripture every day for the rest of this week. I dare you. And you tell me if your life isn't changed. <laughs> you won't even remember me, but I hope you remember these verses. They will be they will be just just blessing you, man. They will be nourishing your spirit. They will be be the course for the narrow path that you're on, for your feet to be placed on. This is the script, man. This is the Savior's script. S-C-R-I-P-T. That's the root word of scripture. Get it? Amen. Let nothing be done through strife or vain glory. That means glory brought to yourself. But in lowly, not highliness, not highness, but in low, got to get down low. In lowliness of mind, let each esteem other better than themselves. Wow. <laughs> Need we go any further? Philippians 2, verse 3. Let nothing be done in your life through settle the score every morning. And one of the ways, you're not only praying, Lord, you must increase, but I must decrease. But you're also uh, obeying God by spending your time praying for other beloved saints. Let me tell you, God is going to reward you. You can't escape the blessing and reward of God if you just do things his way. Whether you like it or not, he's going to bless you. <laughs> so I'm being a little facetious there, but you can you can bet that resurrection blessings coming as you lay down your life. And perhaps there's no greater way that you could be serving God and his people than lifting them to him in prayer. He holds all power. The whole earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, the world and they that dwell therein. Hallelujah. Psalm 24, 1. He owns it all. He made it all. And he is in control of it all. And all things work together for the good to them which love God and are called, the called according to his purpose. And then it speaks of being conformed to the image of Christ. Romans 8, 28 and 29. You know, all things are not good, but they're all working together for the good to, lo to those who love God and are the called according to his purpose. Amen. So verse 4, Philippians 2, look not every man on his own things, but every man also in the things of others. Get out of your own world. Now we have to make plans. We have a schedule. We got to you know, many of you go to work every day or have things to errands to run. But there has to be this thing in us that we get outside of ourselves. And we're not just looking on our own responsibilities, but also on the things of others to see if we could find somebody around us. And God will bring those opportunities also that we could help lift the burden off their life. One of the, the best thing, of course, is praying for them. But also the practical, not only the prayer, but the practical. So we look not every man on, his, on our own things, but every man also in the things of others. Let this mind, the one he just described, be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Now, there is just so much there. But our main topic is what to pray, how to pray effectively 
for friends and family. I'm assuming that you have a list start. And I remember I had a bound notebook. I used to put everybody's name in it and the things we were praying for and stuff. And uh, that's a great thing to do. Uh, anyway, God has lately embraced, embol- what is the word I need? Emblazoned or inscribed upon my heart. You know, like I mentioned earlier, probably eight to 10 or 12 people that get lifted up by name every morning brought before the Lord, that they would stand perfect and complete in all the will of God. That's the number one thing we can pray for others. Uh, it, this list is not in any uh, necessary order, although each one of these things are stated in Scripture. And how about this? We just mentioned it. Uh, Romans eight twenty nine that they would be conformed to the image of the Son of God. Amen. How about number three? Here we go. We're going to go through these, probably wrap this up soon. Saints, I got real excited and got off into all kinds of other scripture to build a foundation here. Uh, number three, and this is all going to be in this post titled, How to Pray Effectively for Your Friends and Family. This is so exciting. Amen. Uh, Ephesians three sixteen. Paul's prayer. He's got a prayer in the first chapter and the third chapter. And you can pray those uh, but I'm just going to point out just one part of the third chapter's prayers uh, that he would strengthen us with might by his spirit in the inner man. I could tell you that prayer has been a blessing to me and so many other countless believers through the centuries after Jesus has come to the earth and even before probably, but uh, especially after we've had on record this incredibly uh, incredible and divinely inspired prayer uh, in the third chapter of Ephesians verse 16 what a blessing that you would stand perfect excuse me that you would be strengthened by the might of his spirit in your inner man I don't know how many times we need that but you ever you know maybe think about it when you're going on an interview you're real nervous or you're you're kind of at odds. I don't know where you stand with somebody that you're getting ready to see and you got this something going on on the inside of you. Well, you can just pray right there and say, Lord, uh, strengthen me with the might of your spirit in the inner man and fill me with your love afresh, O God, and then begin to pray for that person. Hallelujah. So a great thing that we can pray for each other is that, uh, We'd be strengthened with the might of the Holy Spirit in our inner man. How about this one? Psalm 86, 11. David prayed, unite my heart to fear thy name. Oh, man, it's a great thing to pray for yourself and other believers that God unite our hearts to fear your name. What I like to do is mention all their names uh, in either that order or the opposite order and then just pray the scriptures. Okay. Either one works. God knows. Okay, number five, Luke eight fifteen. That would we would have a good and honest heart. We spoke about earlier, praying that God would strip us of everything that does not belong in our lives. Okay, number six. How about this? Create in me a clean heart. Remember that song? It's a scripture, right? Psalm fifty one ten. Create in me a clean heart. Whoa, God, and renew a right spirit within me. 
I don't know, man. I'm just getting so excited talking about praying. (laughs) What is praying? It's communion with God in its most basic sense. And there are many aspects to it. And one of them is pray ye one for another that you may be healed. James chapter five. What is that? Like verse 16, right? Pray ye one another. You want to get healed and blessed? Start lifting up others, man. Yeah, we have our own little list, but Man, our consumption as we grow is probably going to be as we lift up others in prayer. Man, it's just great joy from Jesus who was anointed with the oil of gladness above all of his fellows. Amen. He had more joy than anybody who ever walked the earth. Psalm 45 and uh, also uh, repeated in Hebrews 1, 9. Why? Because Jesus came to serve the Father. He said, I didn't come to do my will. I came to do the will of my father. When you abandon yourself to the Lord and declare that you're, you're here to do the will of God and you're crying out and saying to the Lord, not my will, Lord, but thine be done. I'm telling you, you're emptying yourself to be full of Christ. And that's when the joy is going to be there. The, the, what happens is we frustrate the joy and the blessed fruit of the spirit and all of these benefits Psalm 103.2, forget not all his benefits, amen. When we're self-focused instead of Christ-centered and denying ourselves, taking up our cross and following Jesus. Just watch what kind of joy, love, joy, and peace in all nine dimensions of the fruit of the Spirit, Galatians 5, 22 and 23, that are going to consume your life as you lay it down and seek the Lord, putting him first, not yourself. All right, so how about this one? Psalm 139, right? 23 and 24. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts. See if there be any wicked way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. Hallelujah. Number eight. How about this one? Man, I love. I tell you what, I had kind of a really rough upbringing, man. And uh, in a very rough city, was into all kinds of combat sports and all that and went in the marine corps at 19 lord saved me at 22 but this is one i've needed some of you gentlemen and even ladies could probably relate to this i don't know but i'm sure that somebody ezekiel 36 24 through 26 it talks about when he saves us the born again experience that he takes away the stony places out of our hearts and makes our hearts to become a heart of flesh. Wow. That's a prayer I like to pray every day for those I lift up and myself because I need it more than anybody. Lord, take away those stony places in my heart that were caused because of my own hardness of heart, my own sin, or anything else that I've been endured in this life because we live in a fallen world. And Lord, give us a heart of flesh, dear Heavenly Father. Make our hearts pliable and teachable and humble god please in jesus name all right number nine man these are just fabulous biblical uh prayers amen pray the word of god and then you pray in the will of god luke 17 5 how about this lord increase our faith the apostles asked the lord he didn't rebuke them oh no he honored that prayer ask and you shall receive increase lord increase our faith luke 17 5 how about this one matthew chapter 5 verse 3 the first and the foundational thing jesus said 
in the longest sermon on record, which we call the Beatitudes. What did he say? The first thing he said, and that underscores the importance of it, the law of first mention, blessed or, or who? The poor in spirit, those that are desperate for God, Amen. Are you desperate for God? I love that song. I'm desperate for you. Remember that one? Oh, man. What a prayer. So we could pray, as Jesus says here, blessed. Who's the blessed? The poor in spirit. For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. You know, in reading this Beatitudes, this longest sermon, the Sermon on the Mount, that spans Matthew 5, 6, and 7. Uh, you know, if we don't have this first one, man, we, you know, we might as well not go on reading the rest of it, if you will. You understand what I'm saying. But listen, we need to pray, God, make me poor in spirit. If you got to bring me through some hard times and hard seasons, I pray that you would make me poor in spirit, whatever it takes. Because God has eternity in mind not just the temporal but the eternal and we should too because the things which are seen are temporal but the things which are not seen are eternal what matters is eternity friends do you have an eternal perspective all right so lord bless us to be poor in spirit for you said theirs is the kingdom of heaven matthew chapter 5 verse 3 amen how about verse 6 i'm just popping down same place Lord, uh, it said, Jesus said, blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. That's a fantastic prayer for the body of Christ. You could just start right here and pray these things. I'm kind of just whetting your appetite and showing you, just pointing out things you probably already know, but just putting them in a, to provoke you in the word of God and to love and good works that man, you, if you, if you want, man, just go through Jesus's Beatitudes here. Pray this over your friends. Verse 6, Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they, that is those who hunger and thirst after his righteousness, shall be filled. How many people want to be filled with the fullness of God as we read about in the book, I believe, of Ephesians. All right, here's another one right here in the same passage. And what is it? Verse 8, Notice, Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. You realize that a pure heart is essential to seeing God? Absolutely, because the Lord looks on the heart. Is your heart pure? That's a great prayer. Lord, purify my heart. Cleanse me, Lord, I pray. Turn to me. All remove from me all that is standing in your way. Well, if I messed up the lyrics, you understand. I don't even know who does that song. Maybe a lot of people do that song. But uh, what a beautiful song. And what a beautiful prayer. These are the words of the very Son of God from heaven. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Amen. Father, we ask you to purify our hearts as only you can do lord create in us a clean heart and renew a right spirit within us O god 
Search us, O God, and know our hearts. Try us and know our thoughts. And see if there be any, any, any wicked way in us and lead us in the way everlasting. Father, we ask you to give us a heart of flesh, Lord, and increase our faith. In the name of Jesus, Lord, make us of a good and honest heart of complete authenticity, sincerity, and genuineness. Strip away every falsity, because you see it all, O oh God. Strengthen us with the might of your spirit in our inner man. And Lord, conform us to the image of Christ and let us stand perfect and complete in all the will of God. Also, i got to throw this one in here. It just popped in my mind now we just covered in that prayer every prayer every scripture we just talked about how about this hebrews 13 9 oh i love this one now i talked about earlier some of the the great need i have many maybe some of you can relate to uh you know because we live again we live in a fallen world but this this scripture goes with one of the other ones we mentioned earlier, Ezekiel 36, 24 through 26, where God says he's going to take away the stony places and give us a heart of flesh. What a prayer. I mean, we can't hear and respond to God without a heart of flesh. God resists the proud and giveth grace to the humble. The Bible says a lot about hardness of heart. Today, if you will hear his voice, harden not your heart as the children of God did in the day of provocation. Hebrews chapter 3 and 4. Read those chapters together. Okay, so Hebrews 13, 9. Be not carried about with diverse and strange doctrines. For it is a good thing that the heart be established with grace. Wow, what a prayer. Lord, let our hearts be established with your grace, O God, not with meats which have not profited them that have been occupied therein. So, without going into a lot of the background of this, we can grab this nugget here and be in prayer for each other and ourselves that our hearts would be established with the grace of God, which is defined as the, the operational power of God, the divine ability of God in us, and the influence of God on our hearts. Amen. Lord, let our hearts be established with your grace. Amen. We love you, Father. And thank you for these moments together. We, may, we ask you to make these scriptures alive in us, convict us, and cause them to take root in us as we receive with meekness your engrafted word. We love you, Father. And thank you for this time together, for your word. In Jesus' name, let us know you, Lord. Let us be one with you as you created us to be. And also to be fruitful, bear fruit, more fruit, much fruit to your eternal glory. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you, saints. Thank you for listening. Please pass this on by hitting share and also subscribing to the Safeguard Your Soul Ministry YouTube channel. God bless you. Well, brothers and sisters, it's been a blessing to spend these moments with you in the Word of God. And remember, there's hundreds of more Christ-centered, scripture-rich, uh, edifying podcasts on safeguardyoursoul.com forward slash audios. There's also a store page with uh, uh, several, many books on there for your uh, edification in Christ. They're all scripture-rich and Christ-centered. Also, tens of thousands uh, of saints and sinners are being reached every month. 
and uh, your prayers are coveted for the fruitfulness and supply of this outreach. God be praised, by the way, for those who are supporting. And feel free to visit uh, our donate page on the site. And uh, uh, you can use your debit card, PayPal, or Patreon, and you can become a monthly sustaining member if you choose to do so. And a gift of any amount is so appreciated. Part of this outreach uh, is to equip and supply other ministering disciples across our great country and uh, all over the world. And uh, may God be praised that uh, there's fruitfulness happening among his people and through his beloved saints as we know that the return of our Lord Jesus Christ draws nigh. And we say together, In the words of Revelation 22, even so, come Lord Jesus. Amen.